Hey, I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Kiana. And And this this is Eight Eight Limbs of Fury, a podcast where we talk about the ups and downs of daily yoga practice, life on capitalist nightmare planet, the threads between spiritual practice and activism, and what role yoga might play in these revolutionary times. We are two young leftists practicing Ashtanga yoga six days a week. And we are here to give a perspective on what's happening in the world as we discover our own spirituality and get more woke by the minute. Okay, we're live. I figured out I can just press R. Oh, (laughs) wow. Keyboard shortcut. Keyboard shortcut. Um, It's because I'm new to Macs. Well, I'll have you know, I've had a Mac for almost a decade and I don't know. I didn't know that. So there you go. It, it's also part podcasting endeavor, too. Right. That I think. Right. We're getting yeah. better with technology by doing this. I think. I think so. I think. Yeah. <clears throat> How you doing, Josh? I'm doing okay on this new moon. No, full moon. It's a full moon? Oh, shit. Yeah, it is a full moon, huh? Wow. Yeah. I knew it was a full moon. I don't know why I said new moon. It's a full one. Well, it's full. She full out there. She full. Well, what's the moon's pronouns? <laughs> um, energetically speaking, the moon is usually referred to as a feminine, and the sun is masculine. Masculine. Energetically. Energetically. What you, have we been talking about recently? Well, let's see. You've been talking to me about um, redecorating our our apartment that we're moving oh, into. Yeah, we're... Um, we're moving. moving next month to a smaller space, which we're so excited about because we want to get rid of our shit. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff that has just like uh, it just it just happened. gets there. We don't even shop that like we no. don't like either we don't we, go out to stores and buy stuff. Like I'm not running to we don't run to Target for anything. We just like end up with things over time. If you don't actively get rid of things and just keep receiving things, then. It just happens. I, I understand that. I suppose. <clears throat> it's it's weird because like you just like get things that <clears throat> you didn't even necessarily ask for or want <laughs> or felt you needed in your life, but people just suddenly just hand you off something and now it's yours for seemingly forever until you decide to put it into a landfill. Or give it to someone else. But yeah, let's face it in... Oh. Most things aren't of the quality to be passed on multiple times. Right. Um, yeah, it's just funny. Are you trying to give us hints, Josh? Your birthday's this month. I do got a birthday coming up. Hey, the next moon day will be right around your birthday. It'll be just after my birthday, right? Just after my birthday's your, on a Friday. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. That means... Wait, hold on. I'm just going to look up the next moon day right now. Not to not to peer into the future too much here. Um, just two weeks into the future. Yeah. I'm just going to look. New moon, August 2020. That's the Google here. <sighs> August 18th. New moon. That's my other friend's birthday. Um, Apparently, I make friends with lots of Leos in my life. They tend to be, like, fiery and, like... I don't want to use the word passionate to describe a friendship. A passionate friendship. (laughs) But you know those ones that are like really fast coming on, like you're all of a sudden your best friends. Right. And, um, yeah. Who's this other best friend? (laughs) Nobody, Josh. You have to worry about them. No, I'm kidding. No, like my child, like my child. Oh, Marissa. Right. I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was Marissa's birthday. Happy early birthday, Marissa. (laughs) Hopefully you're listening to this podcast. Um, happy early birthday. Well, happy new moon hangout. New moon hangout. Or no, shit. You did it too. It's a I full moon hangout. I did it too. Okay. <clears throat> well, happy full moon hangout. There you go. <laughs> when you say it like that, they're going to know they're I messed know up the first time. <laughs> okay. Take three. Well, happy full moon hangout. Yeah. Uh, it's nice hanging out here. Under uh, the full moon. Yes. Evening is coming on to us. 
dusk is settling into the Sonoran Desert. Mm-hmm. There's some pink in the sky. There's pink in the sky here. Yeah. Tucson, Arizona, famous for its sunsets. That's true. Very famous. Easy to take for granted, but they e- are kind of like, if you're driving west at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, well, I at guess it's 730 like... 7.30 right now. <laughs> if you're driving west at 7.30, the sunsets like hit you in the face. They do. Obviously. Yeah, literally. 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 <laughs> literally. <laughs> The sun comes out and punches you straight in the eye. <laughs> no, like, that's how it feels like every other hour of the day here. Oh my gosh. Like every hour in the daytime it's just in the bright. summer, it's just bright and incredibly hot. Like you ever see those video recordings of um, like... It'll just be a video recording of like outside in the desert in the summer, and you can see the heat waves like distorting the ground. Yeah, Arizona. That's what they call it. That's what Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. That's supposedly what the Spaniards called it whenever really? they came here to uh, colonial co- colonize these lands. Is that where the name came from? Arizona. Yeah, Spanish for arid land, arid zone. I mean, you take oh. one you take one look at the state of Arizona, and it and it definitely would make sense why people came in here and calling it that. I wonder what like native Where's Apache our... people and like um, Donatom people and like Pascal Yaqui Yaqui uh, uh, Indian folks are no oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Native people. Just start that sentence again. No, I want that to be in there. <laughs> um, I wonder what they were. I wonder what that was. Their name for it was. I don't know because. To them, it was. Just, what it are been borders land. to people that don't care about capital and property? Yeah. As much, I mean, like, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. So there's this one chant going around the protests. The protest movement. Oh, yeah. No borders, no wall, no USA oh, at all. I love that one. That one is so hype. That one is so hype. No borders, no wall, no, no USA, USA at all. Oh, I love it. I, I just love that one because it's so jarring. It's if, radical. If you hear it and you're not actively like right. an anarchist, it's like, what would anarchist be the right word for that line of thinking? I don't know. I think, think about what. Let's you, just wait. Think. Hold on. What United USA United States of America? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Are we really united? There are there are like oh, broad Josh. broad portions of all states that exist just as like uh, exclusively like you know not to paint a a red and blue picture here, but I'm gonna. There's a lot of just red states here in the. In this country, where if you express your views out loud, say as a leftist progressive, you openly express your views and people will like yell at you and get violent with you in some instances. In some I think that's what we're observing at this point in the world right now, yeah. in, the United, in the US. Or I've heard somebody say recently the that they're not. Divide. Uh, yeah, I've heard someone say recently they're not calling it the United States anymore because they don't feel that that's accurate. They're calling it America, um, which I'm like, all right, yeah. cool to you. But I was going to say, yeah, like maybe calling it anarch- anarchist wouldn't be the right word. I think I would call it a communityist because anarchist carries weight with it in this country right now. Right. And I feel like what we really want is just to live in peace in communities, and that's the extent of it which yeah would probably include not forming like these bigger i don't know we should have a government person on here we should have point. a government person how let's reach out this is a reach out to anyone listening if you are as kiana so described a government person <laughs> maybe not if you work for the government i don't know if that would Sit well. I don't know how to do the voice distortion thing to keep people. Oh, we can figure that out. Yeah. Um, But but if you're if you're as Kiana called a government person and you knowledgeable about government, (laughs) I actually know. And you want to come? (laughs) And you want to come on the podcast? 
You're welcome. Yeah, or a historian. I bet we can find some historians around here. Yeah. This place is pretty old. <laughs> Meaning the earth. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing this with this podcast just because I feel like I'm going to learn so much, you know? I feel like I've already learned a lot from our first couple conversations with people and with each other. It's wonderful to to take in new information and try to expand the old uh, noggin up there and, mm-hmm. you know, flex some new information into those neural pathways. Definitely. So, uh... Thankfully, what? that's why we have yoga and meditation practice, right? Because they say... They say... As I've said this before, they say a lot of things. <laughs> but that, it, like, it literally affects, like, the neuroplasticity of your brain. And, like, you, like, are able to, like, shape and reform your brain through, like, meditation techniques and things like that. I think that's wild. That was one of the things when I was, like, 20 and when I heard that, I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe there's some merit to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've heard before that both meditation and psychedelics, I don't know if they do this in the <laughs> same way, but that they bridge between they bridge new connections between the right and the left side of your brain uh um now okay fact check maybe we should have a fact checker we should get a fact check on here um um just and on that note just consider supporting us on patreon so we can afford (laughs) fact checkers yeah the very least that's what we need the content may improve once there's an increased the content's gonna improve yeah. Realistically, let's take a look at this. So this is what episode five out of seemingly uh, potentially an infinite amount of podcasts. I hope to at least make it to a hundred episodes. That's a goal. Yeah. I'm setting that goal. Yeah. And we we're can gonna get to hundred episodes, and we're gonna have a we're gonna have a great time. That'll be in just a yeah almost two years. I was like, somebody asked me this past week, "What's your intention with this podcast?" And I was like, "To make it and just." put it out there (laughs) and I was like I think in that way um, I realized for the first time that like this is a form of art and that it's like really subjective and also um, imperfect but in like such a way that is appealing to the certain people it's subjective to does that make sense Mm -hmm. that makes sense I think for myself why I wanted to do why I like the idea of a podcast as opposed to like other mediums of producing content or as you said, as you put it, producing art. Um, I like the podcast because I feel like I've always had something to say and I kind of dislike the idea of doing like a digital medium, like writing a blog or, like doing an Instagram or something like that where you're, or doing a YouTube channel, for instance. Cause I just like, I, I just don't like the idea of having to present in front of a camera this whole, the whole time. Mm. Um, and like making and an, really an image out of it. Yeah. Whereas I kind of like just the idea of it just being like my voice and the words that I have to say, you know, maybe it, down the line it'll be an image thing. Cause yeah. I'm a Leo after all. <laughs> There's always a little bit of an image thing in there. There might be a little image thing. But I feel like with, like, Instagram and YouTube, like, there's definitely, like, this, like, aspect of, like, just trying to look, like, sexy in front of the camera all of the time. And I just, like, don't want to have to... I just, like, I just disagree with that that position of, like, presenting yourself, like, as a human being. Like, Mm. like these, these devices for social media, I think, exist as... Uh, exist in ways that influence our reality and and how we perceive Mm -hmm. it and if we just look through images and media and constantly see just like overly like overly presented people acting and presenting just because there's a camera in front of them i think that that is problematic Mm -hmm. in some ways but who knows one could one could argue that i'm just presenting in front of a microphone right now i think i would argue that i would argue that too i think voice and visual are both attached to the ego. Very true. Um, I like podcasting because I like 
being able to just be in my bedroom in my underwear at the microphone. At the microphone, making content here. Making content in the space I feel most comfortable. Right. Whereas as a uh, YouTube per se, that would probably not be as appealing. Right. Or maybe too appealing. <laughs> too appealing. Mm. I don't know. That being said, I do think I if this if everything goes all all well in this podcast here, we are going to start live streaming our videos to uh, our podcast YouTube. Oh shit, our podcast. We're gonna do like we're gonna do uh, live recordings of our podcast to put onto a YouTube page. So at one point there will be a digital medium. But I'm saying we've launched with the podcast here because I'm not just trying to like like I'm not trying to be in front of a camera all the time like mm. with some short shorts on and like shirtless photos like doing yoga see postures. josh personally i don't buy that <laughs> i don't buy that for a minute i think you would love to be in front of a camera with some short shorts on doing yoga poses we'll have to see time would, will tell i would enjoy it i think i think you would enjoy it um yeah <laughs> on that note. On that note. What's new? What's new since our last moon to hang out with you? Hmm. What was that, two weeks ago? I was a whole different person two weeks ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. An entirely new being has taken form in the place of in the place of the shell that was known once previously as Josh. Like a crab? Yeah, think of it like a crab. <laughs> you moved in. You're like a hermit crab. You moved <clears throat> into a new shell. I moved into a new shell. That's for All sure. Right. There was some cellular exchange. Some things died, passed away, changed. New things came into existence within my body. Let's see, what's new? Um, my knees are feeling good. I was dealing some, it was two weeks ago, I think I was dealing some gnarly knee pain. Um, and it's kind of subsided, which has, which has been nice. Mm -hmm. Um, and able to bend my knees again, which is great. But I've just thus determined that like my knees hurt at some point. I think I discussed this previously. I've yet to make a doctor's appointment. <laughs> But because, I will go to make a doctor's appointment. But well, I'll have you know. for a valid reason. Doctor's appointments are, even with insurance, seem to be very expensive. Seem to be very expensive. They just manage to be expensive no matter what. Be expensive no matter what. Unless oh. you have really good insurance, in which case you're rich. In which case you're rich. In which case you can afford a doctor anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh... Jeez. What's new with you? Let's see. Well, um, I'm officially gonna be off unemployment. I'm got a, I've got a job starting next week. Nice. Um yes. I'm very excited about it. I'll be nannying. That'll be a new endeavor for me. I love the idea of working with kids though, because I just like Kids make me remember how simple things are a lot, but they can also take things really complicated sometimes. <clears throat> sure, but have you met an adult recently? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you're so right. Kid, yeah, kids compared to adults, adults pretty are, simple. Adults are grown-ass babies a lot of the time. You ever meet an adult and they just beat a big old baby to you and you're like, why are you, why are you Worse, being this baby? Because they're less forgiving. Right. Oh my Kids God. Kids are so forgiving too. And like, they just like want to, they're really in the moment and they love to just play and like do whatever it is that they're doing. Right. So Very it's really mindful. nice to see. They are. Yeah. Very present. One might say. Maybe not so much mindful. Well. What's the difference? Define mindful. Yeah, I mean, it's Whoa. like kids are aware in some ways. And if we're defining mindfulness as like awareness, kids are like definitely seem aware in certain ways that adults might lose over time. Definitely. But aware, less, less aware in other ways. Like 
of streets. And they're like science, dexterity, and dexterity. things like that. Yeah. And vocabulary. Sure. Less There's aware a- of vocabulary. <laughs> Less aware of the knowledge to read. Right. <laughs> Certain of, things. Laws of yeah. physics. But in like the way that kids are and like the way that they just exist is very, very sweet. Very aware, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, so that'll be fun. And that's pretty much the only thing new with me besides us moving. Like I'm and very excited to downsize and get rid of just this stuff. Um, what stuff? All of it. All the stuff. <laughs> Let's sell all of our stuff. I wish. I no, I really like want to downsize a lot. Is anyone else that in there with us with this? Not minimalism, but just get all the plastic out of my life at the very least. I think you would potentially have to get rid of like most things of your life if you truly wanted to get rid of all of the plastic in your existence. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine? But, you know, well, there are some people who do it. I know I have a friend who is, like, 95% plastic-free. Um, their house is, like, beautiful because think about all that, all the stuff we have out that just, like, looks yeah, shitty. Plastic, and plastic is bad. Agreed. <laughs> do you ever think... That's I, one thing we can I, really agree on. We can really agree on. Plastic sucks. What's what's wild for me to I think about this often is that plastic really only came about in World War II, which was nineteen forty one, eighty years ago almost. So before that, things were just nicer, right? To our listeners that knew anything about nineteen forty one and and before that, please let us know what things. We know some things about no, we do know we do do know. yeah, again, historian shout out. Great. Yeah. Another another plug for a historian here. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, no, I'm I appreciate the people who go plastic free. We were waste free for a while. Like a hundred percent we're trying to be a hundred percent waste free, like not buy anything at the store that came in a package. And which was proved Difficult. Difficult because, yeah, every, a lot of things in stores, most of stores are packaged. Yeah. And, and not s- a lot of stores have bulk sections. Yeah, not a lot. We had to only go to very specific stores. But f- we were very fortunate that we had the privilege to at least be able to, ac- to begin to exercise that practice. Yeah. But even like broadly, I think like the best uh, I kind of did was... I had like in the fr- we went like three months of doing it like as a hundred percent, yeah. Uh, we were t- I would say yeah, yeah. yeah. We're we're it we was, were at like ninety eight percent. It was like no deliberate consumption. I think and during that time, I I only had like four or five things wrapped in plastic, um, but it was something that I became very hyper aware of that it was like uh, a seemingly. Uh, very extraneous task to try to undertake at this moment in time, um, considering just what our food systems looks like and food systems look like and how it functions within like the modern world and modern society and like realizing coming to a very, very stark realization that like our food systems are highly dependent on plastic. And even if you and I as individual consumers, like taking from that one little like, it was a plastic bin that the food always came in mm-hmm. um, and putting it into our glass jars. I mean, it's not like that food was shipped like in a, in a, in a glass. Crate. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't shipped in a, in a glass jar. It wasn't shipped in like a plywood crate. It was shipped in plastic. It wrapped was in, in a plastic. bigger plastic bag, bigger plastic bag driven but by fossil fuels. I do want to say, yeah, every little bit of trash we don't consume uh, kudos to the people who do that, who, who are cognizant of that, I think. Um, I mean, it's important to be cognizant of that, but I think broadly, and this is what Alem's of Fury formed around ideas like this, is that, like, I think what needs to change, instead of the shift being on the individual consumers for, like, oh, well, you just need to consume less plastic if you need right. to change the world, 
it's system change along with climate change is that we have to change the systems of food that and how it functions within the United States and, and, and broadly around the world. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's wild. I mean, we're, we're fortunate here in America. Oh, we're very fortunate here in America, but it's just because of fucking like dirty money. That's like purchased so much like capital power mm-hmm. all around the world. We're the only thing that makes us more fortunate here in America than in other places is that America or another like colonial empire nation like oppresses those places actively. So we just have a global military. We just have. We've knocked out a socialist president. We've you know in South America. We just. We just uh, just go ahead, just clean house on government in the 70s, 80s, and 90s down there to make sure that there was no people's revolution. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Now it's happening here in the United... In, oh, excuse me, not the United States. In America. Uh-huh. In the, in the land known as America. Mm-hmm. It is happening here where people are deciding that enough is enough and that they're sick of it. And that they're going out to the streets and demonstrating this this corrupt system of government and living in society that we have, where so few have so much and so many have so little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Bring back the milk bottles. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. And now it would be- about plastic. Like, bring back the milk bottles. Like. I, I want, like, soy milk to be I think delivered to my house in a glass jar We could definitely do like soy milk production area things. Imagine if our whole community Farms. was waste-free together. So much easier. What would that look like? I've th- okay, so I thought about this a lot when we were, when we were waste-free. Tell me. Um, Tell us. I thought about, like, okay, you go to the store... And you bring back all your empty bottles. Then they take them to a facility and, like, wash them and sanitize them. Send them back to the packing facility, right? Or that all happens at the same place. And then they get repacked. And then they get shipped back to the stores. And then you go to the store and pick up, you know, your shampoo, your laundry detergent, your whatever. Use it. Soy milk. Soy milk. What else? Cookies. Like, uh, cookies could maybe be. <laughs> okay, so, so sold. far you have shampoo, <laughs> milk, and cookies on your list of things that are <laughs> easily done with re- renewable packaging or okay, we're gonna with have sustainable. To, we're going to have to uh, workshop the cookies packaging idea. But Evidently, um, you and I are not in the NGO responsible for <laughs> writing this. Uh, policy it's a start though it's a start and then yeah the glass just gets re or re what re washed and reused and constantly throughout the community hand signals are not oh right oh i'm (laughs) italian i'm talking with my hands present of the podcast that's why we gotta live stream these podcasts so that we can talk with our hands so everyone can see us truly talking with truly expressing ourselves Yes. Which is, I think, how all the podcasters maybe talk when they're... Who knows? Pod- like, putting who, it all into it. Who truly knows? Because all the Oof. podcasters... A lot of podcasters out there are behind the lens, so to speak. The eye of the recording device is not on them. Next. I opened up my email list and I saw a few... Not my email list. I opened up my email. I checked my email earlier and I found some news in the old inbox, as one does. Just clicking around. Got some headlines here. Give you a headline. USPS workers concerned new policies will pave the way to privatization. That was something I saw that and I was like, oh no. This is definitely of concern here. Mm, that's totally. Oh, to- first so, line. P- 
bunch of people are totally trying to just privatize USPS too, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like a whole concerted effort here done by... That's why uh, they keep getting defunded, huh? Yeah. I mean, <sighs> the, the funding gets cut from the, the Postal Service and has been since like 2008, says this article here from The Intercept. Um, first line... July has been a fury of confusion and stress for postal workers as a barrage of new measures are threatening to fundamentally overhaul and undermine the culture and operations of the U.S. Postal Service. Hmm. An article written in The Intercept by Rachel Cohen, previously entitled, which I said earlier. Oh, it's at the top. I didn't have to scroll all the way to the bottom to get it was <laughs> at the top. Earlier this month, the Washington Post reported on a memo from the new USPS Postmaster General, Louis DeJoy, urging postal staff to leave behind mail at distribution centers if they thought it would cause a delay for letter carriers. Another memo stated that the USPS would be looking to cut transportation overtime costs, bringing about immediate, lasting, and impactful changes to the federal agency. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. I... You know, okay, so I've been hearing about the defunding of USPS for a few months now, but I never, and I even, like, signed a petition, but I just, like, never looked into why it was being defunded. Like, it was a question I asked myself this week because I was driving there, and I was like, why are they, what's the, what's the... Why would one defund the post office? Yeah, like, the post office is something we all use. Like, why are you, like, why are you defunding that? But well, then I think about it, schools or something we all use. Yeah. In the article, they were talking about the Postal Service and how it's their mission to, like, deliver mail and the, the mail to every customer, no matter what, as long as it's in their hands, they'll get it out to you. And that's been their mission for so long. The new director, Joy, um, he previously worked as a chair of, like, uh, a private company called New Breed Logistics. Uh, massive warehousing and distribu- distribution company. And he's the first postmaster general in over tw- two decades to have never worked at the USPS. What? So, like classic, like Trump administration shit. Like, oh, to just my like gosh. hire somebody from private industry who's like literally never fucking seen the inside of a government agency ever in their lives to just like to to come in and start just moving things around and fucking things up. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, so that's, I would argue that that's what happens when you have people who, like, don't understand a job because they've never done it before going in to, like... To any job. Yeah, but to... To be the boss of the people that... What is that? Right. Like, what is that? That's corrupt government. That's horrible. That I mean, that's corrupt business, corrupt whatever, you know? like It's not a business. It's a government agency, the United States Postal Service. It's like hiring... Um, yeah, it's like... I don't know. I mean, it's like hiring a grocery store manager that's never worked at a grocery store before. Right. and and But that's the very basis of our government is to just... <sighs> only put people in from private interest groups and private moneyed interests into positions of power within our government to mm-hmm. manipulate things. Mm-hmm. And that's just garbage. <clears throat> yeah, it is. That's Yeah, of course so, the USPS is being defunded because somebody wants to just own it and make money off of. Or just like, or just cut it and slash it so much till a, bri- a, a private business is able to take over. Yeah. Because that's what, like, uh, that's just what historically has happened here in the United States. And the, in the and delivering the mail is one of, like, the last refu- refuges of, uh, like, government socialism that exists within, like, the United mm-hmm. States. What ne- What's next? They're going to start coming after public libraries and shutting them down. <laughs> like, So with the USPS, the downfall of one of the... Last remaining socialist, semi-socialist. 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 You still have to go in and pay for you the go U- pay You have for to pay to send certain you. packages cost more. Anyway. That's beside um, the point. Cer- semi-socialist like c- 
services in the United States being defunded, not surprised, makes me think of all of the things that should be socialized. Like maybe if, like what if healthcare was just socialized from the beginning? Like hospitals were somewhere you could just go to. You could just go there. For help, because your body's like broken and you just like need help. They wouldn't really ask you like too terribly amount of questions in terms of like, where are you coming from? Let me see some ID, this, that, and the other. Like you can just walk in. You and walk just be in like, and they give hey. you a bed and you go in and you get some care and all the people there get paid well by the government. <laughs> like imagine, so, but it also, yeah, imagine if that was always socialized. But it also makes me think like, imagine if the post office was never socialized. How expensive would it be to mail things now? Well, FedEx, it, co- it costs a shitload of money to send some stuff sometimes, like 200 bucks to send something across the country or whatever like that. I mean, it's not so, unheard of. I mean, that's how much things would cost. But, I mean, broadly, we wouldn't have a service that, like, literally comes to the end of your driveway to pick something up on a regular basis. Yeah. Like, that's what, that's what the Postal Service has done historically here in the United States. It's just been, like, they just they just go out. And they check your mailbox. Whether there's something in there or not, you don't even have to tell them. But they're going to come over and check your mailbox mm-hmm. and see if something's in there. If they got That's something amazing. for you, they'll come drop it off for you. They keep, they keep the world spinning round. People who work at USPS, well, not the world, the, the world of people here in America who send mail to each other. No, really, that's an important job. It really is. It's also quite iconic. It's a broad service. I mean, it is an iconic service. I mean, it's definitely something that was definitely like a a pillar of like what made the United States, if at ever, great, really. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't think there was any one time. There are great things about America. We can't disregard that. But broadly, it was based on systems of like capitalization and privatization. Yeah. And and colonialism and like enslaving people. And like that was has always been what this this country has been about. Yeah, we can. Okay, and this is why we keep taking it to the streets, people. This is why we keep. This is Taking why. It to the this street. is why maybe we're gonna settle for voting for Joe Biden at like a last hope of a straw, last grasp. But what do you what do you say? Grasping at the last straw. Um, at least the voting services straw. won't be taken away from people. Yeah, hopefully. Privatized, because when anything's privatized, then all of a sudden there are a bunch of obstacles around using it. That's what I've found. Yeah. Certainly. Ain't that the truth. Yeah. Well, let's All see. All right, let's uh, see. Another bit of reports, <clears throat> report, news that we have to report on. Here uh, in southern Arizona, that's where we live. Mm-hmm. Uh, July 31st, outside of uh, the town of Arivaca, Arizona, which we mentioned the other day when we with our guest uh, Lauren McCullough on episode two, um, but it was just at the very beginning, but there was some there was some bit before that that got deleted in post-production where we were talking about Arivaca, but we mentioned it a little bit right in the very beginning. Um, but in Arivaca, Arizona, there's this uh, a group here known as No Mas Muertes, No More Deaths, that provides uh, humanitarian aid for undocumented migrants that are moving through the Sonoran Desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why, like, this group is so important is because the Border Patrol and uh, has had a, this uh, outrageous, deadly system of patrolling the borders that pushes these people to the very outskirts of, uh, into the most, like, uh, desolate arid lands within uh, Arizona, as we so previously discussed so basically because of the law enforcement at the border migrants are forced to travel through the most dangerous parts of the desert yeah in order to get here because basically law enforcement assume that those parts of the desert are going to kill that person anyways yeah it's a deterrence by death yeah and which is fucked up because like humans have 
all throughout time, all throughout human history have just moved from place to place Mm -hmm. and have existed through time and space. And there's nothing wrong with people moving from one area to another to pursue better life. And especially if these people, especially because of these people are fleeing from an area which the United States has historically persecuted or at least, uh, to put it lightly, uh, muddled, <laughs> interfered with governments in mm-hmm. uh, these these areas, these locations, and uh, so, so it's, what were it's you terrible. About so, well, so what was I saying about Arivaca? So this the the camp No Mas Muertes uh, was raided mm-hmm. by Border Patrol. Same Border Patrol, the Bortac agents that were up in Portland, Oregon, were also down here in. Uh, outside of Arivaca and they were part of this raid. There was other, there was like 15, there was like, there was like, I think, the, I think it said like 15 border patrol trucks. There was an armored fucking tank that rolled up on this, on this outfit. Um, people on ATVs and there were one or two helicopters. Um, so these federal agents, all heavily armed, came into a, a, a faith-based humanitarian aid station for for these undocumented migrant immigrants mm-hmm. and busted them up as they were providing care for these people wow and yeah. then i heard they are they arrested 30 migrants 30 undocumented migrants were arrested the volunteers were um, handcuffed and detained for over 2 hours all the while, uh, border patrols were taking photos and documenting the detainment. And then after they were detained, I think they were let go. There may have been one or two folks that were uh, arrested and taken into custody, but I think they were all let go. I think I think that's what it was. Um, could be wrong on that. Let me see here. That'll take. No Mas Muertes is not a private group, right? They're a so they're a faith-based organization. Yeah, they're a faith-based humanitarian aid organization. And so what they do is that they provide water and medical and services and food and perhaps maybe a shelter, a mm-hmm. bed to sleep in, mm-hmm. in a tent or in somebody's barn. Mm-hmm. Some 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 hombre is taking a nap. Mm-hmm. Not to put that. I'm sorry. I was trying to make that funny. You know, some some person, some human, a human like you and I, like you and I and the listener here, a human, human being with thoughts, feelings, emotions, family. families, wants, <sighs> needs, desires. Yeah. Basic rights. Basic rights. Take them in. Okay. So, so would you say it's dangerous to work for this organization? Probably. Um, do you think? No, no. I think, I, I mean, I think it's, well, like yes and no. Like, is, is there a risk? Yes. But there's a risk in all things in life. There's a risk when you there's start a- your car and w- there's a risk when you leave your front door in, right. your, in the day. Um, but I mean, I think it's very important work that these people are doing because I think this is a call of what we were calling for in our previous episode was a call for like these spiritual people to come out onto the scene and start trying to affect things. And I think that's directly what No Mas Muertes is. Mm-hmm. That's directly that's what beautiful. they are. Because as they see it, and as I think you and I see it here too, is that we have a federal agency, state-sponsored, funded by taxpayer dollars, suppressing the freedom of movement of all human beings throughout mm-hmm. time and space. Mm-hmm. And so much so that they are forcing them out into desert wildernesses like like one like Cabeza Prieta wilderness in western Arizona mm-hmm. outside of Ajo. Desolate parts of the Sonoran Desert through mountainous regions, through the hottest deserts in the world. And their policies are pushing humans, just regular old people from regular old little pueblos in South America, Central America, to walk through those deserts and die. You know, I've yeah. been out in those deserts hiking before in Cabeza Prieta. I went out there during coronavirus in like April and I saw a human bone in the desert. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah, I've, I've heard that it's, quite common 
seen with my own eyes. Yeah. So, anyways, their camp was raided by Border Patrol that they used the tactics of attacking medical stations in order to deter, like, these uprisings from happening. But historically, when looked at in terms of, like, uh, global warfare, those are seen as war crimes. Mm-hmm. Literally, when 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 federal troops or agents or soldiers or whatever attack humanitarian aid stations, mm-hmm. those are war crimes. Those are people deliberately causing the most unnecessary harm, as if war already itself isn't unnecessary. Yeah. I can see how that would be a war crime. That's horrible. So that's the world that we live in, where the United Those were the headlines that you found? Those yeah, those are some headlines. <sighs> it's like... Some pretty pretty terrible headlines. I mean, you don't get much else these days. Um, so maybe let's shift... Let's leave the headlines there. Let's leave the headlines. So this has definitely been a sad discussion for Moon Day Hangout. What I think it's important here to perhaps realize all of this in this time. And, you know, we didn't say signing up for Eight Limbs of saying for Eight Limbs of Fury that this was we want to get into some somber moods here. And we're allowed to and we're allowed to express these emotions and discuss these headlines and confide within ourselves and our listeners and I hope they feel the same or similar. I think that that is was actually, you know, I'm sitting here just like, oh, Monday hangouts are supposed to, you know, are supposed to just be fun and lighthearted like but I think that is exactly our dilemma when talking about what kind of yoga quote-unquote yoga podcast we wanted to start because how real would it be if we just went along um looking for happy headlines to share what you like what are we supposed to do go out and look for happy headlines i'm sure there are some happy headlines out there but of course they're not making the news right now because such more important things are happening so like in terms of having a quote-unquote yoga podcast, um, I think part of what we want to do really here is like be real with what's happening in the world and not just gloss over it and talk about yoga all the time mm-hmm. um, because our situations affect us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to um, recognize when a lot of hurt and suffering is being caused in the world. Yeah, that's that's all I'll say about that. And I definitely think that is so very yoga itself, is that um, the the practice of yoga changes and varies throughout time and throughout throughout events and throughout as the body changes. And what's so wonderful about the yoga practice is that it it demands your attention and it demands you to check in in a lot of ways. And the practice looks different from day to day, from week to week, month to month, from season to season, from whatever to whatever. Things are always changing and shifting and broadly you'll have periods of intense joy and happiness and lightheartedness and free-flowingness. And then you have moments of where you're down and hurt and injured and your knees are all fucked up and you mm-hmm. can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the nature of it. So I think at the very least, all of us Ashtangis <laughs> can relate to that. I, I just say that because I'm, I practice Ashtanga. I'm sure other forms of yoga too. people, but it's when you get on the mat six days a week and it's like, of course you have those few key days that feel really good. And you of course have days that just feel Feel like garbage. Not good. Just like... Feels like rolling around in a trash heap. Or maybe I shouldn't say good or bad, because that's pretty judgmental of, there like, no the good. practice. Um, there is no bad. Just try. But maybe, like, easy versus difficult. And so I think conversations can be like that, too, you know? Yeah. Um, when difficult things are happening in the world, I think it's our duty to have difficult conversations. Certainly. And to also... 
balance it out with self-care, balance it out with taking a break. Um, We cannot ignore these conversations. They need to be had. So. So thank you for sticking around for perhaps a difficult conversation. Um, I hope it's some, maybe sparked some thoughts in your head that you can take on to, to talk about with other people because to just bring into the awareness of your sphere and your consciousness and know that we all have some power some way with, even in this, our archaic capital capitalist system that which we live, find ourselves in, at least as Americans, well, probably across the world too, but specifically mm-hmm. it's a special version here in America. So you, you have your own power in a lot of ways and whether that be protesting or donating funds or donating time or donating labor in some way of contributing towards this like movement of people's liberation. I so, think that's a happy note. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think also, yeah, it's important to remember there's always kind of a happy thing to take away from even the most horrible. Um, the most horrible. I mean, maybe the the only thing we take away from it is that we've learned something from it. Um, but yeah, I think the very act of having a conversation is, it's how humans further ideas. So I feel like that's pretty revolutionary. Yeah. Um, Talk to your friends. Yeah. So. Well. Everyone thanks. have a wonderful full moon. Full moon. Um, I'm feeling like it's off. a new moon. I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, we said new moon It twice. is 8.30 and I'm... I'm like mostly through this mead I'm enjoying tonight. I've first time having mead. Uh, shout out to mead. Holy mead shit, wine. it's so good. Heard about this. I love it, but I'm 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 about to pass out. Pass out. Anyways, well, thank you for joining us here on this uh, on this full moon on this moon day hangout where tomorrow as Ashtanga practitioners we will not be practicing yoga and we will be doing sleep yoga instead perhaps donut yoga oh yeah Ooh, I i'm love a donut fan yoga. of donut yoga. i like to get up early and just walk Keanu still sleeping i'll go get some donuts <laughs> maybe that's what <laughs> we'll do tomorrow anyways all right good night everyone good night everybody stay safe out there and um, be happy be peaceful be happy be peaceful be kind to each other bye bye Thank you.